0: Hi, this is Greg Warren,
1: and you are listening to PF Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF.
0: This is my tape recorder.
1: Coming up, comedy troupe Aspergers R
0: Us. When I was little, you know, I think like a lot of undiagnosed Aspies, I'd hear a lot of, "Oh, that's just Noah," you know, no one knows why. Noah would say things like, your prom date hates you. You probably shouldn't go to the prom with him. Uh, And then people are upset. And I really had no idea why people minded um, because that's just telling the truth. You know, I was always taught that was the right thing to do
1: we we'll are more from those guys in just a few minutes. They're very, very hysterical. What a funny conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, we have the song of the week coming up from ABC. Yes, that ABC, Martin Fry and Company. Uh, the record is growing on me. I'll fill you in more. But first, of course, we always start with a dumb bit. Now, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but the RNC convention wrapped up in my hometown of Cleveland. And uh, what better time for a feature we like to call... What kind of nonsense is that? Of course, you could pick a lot of things uh, that went really wrong at the RNC convention uh, for the Republicans, including their nominee, which probably is the big one. But uh, it didn't start off well for Speaker of the House uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, Well, he got himself into a little bit of trouble when this happened. Earlier this week, he took some heat after posting this Instagram photo. It shows him posing on Capitol Hill with all the interns. Some said the picture showed a lack of diversity. That, I believe, from the uh, Today Show over on NBC, uh, known liberals. Let's be fair here. I'm looking at the picture now. I think I see uh, a, a man who looks like he might be of Asian descent and a young lady who might be a person of color in a sea of white faces. So, you know, let's, let's not get... Uh, Let's not get on our high horse there, NBC. Uh, CBS reported, by the way, that of the 2,400 uh, RNC delegates, uh, 18 were black folks. So, And then the New York Times put that number at 80. So uh, just, just uh, th- so we'll go with the New York Times number, 3%. Now I know a lot of people out there are going to be like, well, we're all Americans, aren't we? Yes, yes we are. But I just don't think this picture represents a cross-section of our country. I, I just don't. All right, so it, it, got, it got even worse for Speaker Ryan. Well, now speaker ryan is raising eyebrows yet again at an event here in cleveland for pennsylvania delegates ryan decided to wave the terrible now, towel now. now for those of you uh, outside of the midwest of the united states um think of anywhere you're at and think of the sports team that's around you that everybody roots for think of their their biggest rival and then imagine going uh to an event uh in that town where your where your team plays and waving your rivals gear okay now in fairness It was he. He was meeting with Pennsylvania delegates, but I would point out that only half the state are Steeler fans. The other half are Eagles fans. So, but they don't they don't hate each other like the Browns hate the Steelers. But still, and secondly, you still are in Cleveland, so it's just a pretty dumb thing because you have to know that people are going to circulate a picture of you holding up a terrible towel while you're at the RNC convention in Cleveland. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. And uh, so for those two things, uh, Speaker Ryan earns himself a... What kind of nonsense is that? This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland and this just in go to any of our home shirts websites use the code come home all one word and receive 20 percent off for a limited time now on with the show Asperger's R Us is a comedy troupe from Boston, Massachusetts, formed by four guys who are on the spectrum, as they say. Uh, It is not your typical comedy troupe. They are very, very hilarious, and we had a great conversation with them. Here now is our conversation with Asperger's R Us.
0: Hi. Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Can you hear me okay? Okay
0: yeah great to hear from you we're all
1: here oh good that's cool awesome Um, well terrific Uh, this is uh, really exciting I'm glad you guys reached out to us both for the uh, paper and for the podcast Um, I'm going to uh, welcome you guys in Uh, joining us on PF State Recorder is what's the name of the troupe again it's Asperger's R Us yes All right. terrific and uh, well I guess a good place to start would be uh, how did you guys get interested in doing comedy together
0: Well, after we, uh, we were recruited from, uh, from the, the mental institution, uh, we, we passed the audition and, and they said, you guys seem pretty stupid. Let's hire you for this troop. We're going to start. Now we, uh, we, we met at this camp. They were all, the other guys were campers. I was their counselor. It was the first, uh, the first time I ever met anyone who seemed like they were regular to me. You know, I didn't know other Aspies growing up and they were just so funny and, That was the minute where I was like, this is so funny, we should keep doing this. And then they got out of the program, they got too old for the camp, and then we started the troops six years ago. And he's been holding us hostage ever since. How?
1: Okay, and for the layperson, uh, explain what Asperger's is, because um, we see the word a lot, but I don't think a lot of people understand it. People barely understand autism, and there's so many different uh, uh, factors in that.
0: I'd say there's three main things. One of them is hypersensitivity. Uh, so hypersensitivity to the senses, to conflict, and to change. So, you know, need to give advance warning for changes, need to watch out for lights being too bright or things being too noisy, uh, and also make sure that any time uh, you have to give constructive criticism that you're as gentle and supportive as possible. Um, and then the other big stuff is just being inwardly focused. So, you know, autistic people, uh, whether it's Asperger's or whatever their sub diagnosis is, are thinking about what's going on inside our own heads a lot more than our surroundings. So we're not going to internalize stuff by accident, uh, that other people might figure out from their environment. We're just kind of thinking about what's going on in our heads. And so social cues and that kind of stuff is stuff we just don't even notice. Okay. One of the, things, the big things we lo- love if more neurotypical people uh, noticed and worked on was just trying to turn down the, the brightness of the sun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. We'll try to get that sorted. Um, what well, the reason I was interested as well is because uh, in addition to doing all this stuff, I teach a comedy class for gifted kids on Saturdays in the fall, uh, cool. winter, and spring. Awesome. And uh, at least I, I have at least one or two, uh, I guess you would call Aspies, uh, in the class. Yeah. And yeah. uh, although, really, I wouldn't notice anything different uh, in most cases, uh, you know. <clears> but they always warn me. They say, "Well, you know," they always put this thing. Uh, they also put allergies down, all kinds of other stuff. But um, right. And uh, one of the things they'll put down is yeah, uh, Aspergers or um, you know mild autism or things like that. But it never seems to be um, it never seems to hold anybody back from from doing anything.
0: Good. You know, it, that varies a lot. There are certainly people in the world who. It does, and then there are a lot of people, like, you know, I think the guys in the troupe with me who are just real smart and funny and love literal humor and puns and uh, absurdism. And uh, I hope I hope that happens a lot in your comedy class, because that's the stuff we're into, and I think a lot of other Aspies uh, are drawn to our comedy for that reason.
1: Well, we teach a variety of different things, in the first class that I teach when I do the comedy writing classes, I teach, you know, that there's all kinds of comedy. And one of the things I always think is, you know, across the board, this is, doesn't anything anything to do with uh, people with Asperger's or our typical people, but is what well, I always find out who likes shows like America's Funniest Home Videos and Prank Shows. Because I'm, I'm not a big fan. My students, yeah. I would say eight out of 10 love them. And I'm like, but you're not wrong. You find that funny? That's great to me. It's just not that's the beautiful thing about comedy is different people find different things funny. So yeah, there's a wide variety of things we discuss. And uh, what kind of things do you guys uh, do uh, with your sketches? Is it current events-based? Is it social-based? Is it things happening, you know, in your families?
0: No, none of those things at all. I mean, it's it's absurd. Basically, people submit to us uh, uh, videos that they've taken and where by accident somebody slips and falls or does something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And... yeah, and we have a contest, <laughs> and then and it's and the winner gets ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and then and then we do the sketch. Yeah, and we have this thing where we have in each city, and, and next in each city we uh, we make fun of the person who won in the last city, <laughs> and uh, I look up stuff on the internet about them between cities on, on the way, and then we uh, figure out all the things about their family and friends and, and mock them uh, endlessly. Right, it's a lot of humor based on ruining people's lives in a very direct way. You know, we do a lot of shows where we knock on someone's door, take all their stuff, and then go home. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're at a disabled um, and autistic, and people just let us do it. It's like, oh, all these poor people, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so- yeah, in order to attend our shows, it actually doesn't cost any money. You just have to submit to us all... All the pictures you have uploaded to Facebook, and then we create a fake Facebook of a you uh, that's exactly the same, and then we post uh, things uh, to ruin your reputation. Right, just like a bunch of like uh, murder apologists stuff, <laughs> you know. But murderers, have, murderers have feelings too, guys. That kind of stuff. So you know, the the point of the the show is basically to just uh, you know make us laugh, and we like we like all that stuff you just heard and. Puns and absurdism. Like I say, we really don't like anything that relates to reality because reality is either boring or sad or interesting but not funny. I mean, we've done a couple of satires over the years, but I mean that's about the extent of it. We also did a sketch where it was a satire where we just kept making puns about this tire and how sad it was, and then uh, it turned out to be a satire on the way autistic people are treated. But we don't do that anymore because a lot of people don't like puns as much as we do. Uh although our audience does it disproportionately, yeah All right, so in other words, it's not one hundred percent about just making us laugh right it's a uh, It's also hundred percent about us knowing how to count and add up percentages properly huh. and, uh, so- and and for the money, yeah.
1: So, growing up, you know, what did you guys realize that you weren't typical, or did you? Because, you know, I guess so, kids are different in a lot of different ways. Was it a, a case of that, or was it, did, at some point, did someone have to point it out to you, or was it ever pointed out to you?
0: I thought most other uh, children were wasting their time, like, uh, with a bunch of stupid stuff. And, like, I like I was at an advantage for just hanging out by myself and, re- and reading and, like, uh, watching educational programming or, like, playing with my doing stuff with my computer he's basically correct a lot of those kids were wasting their time uh when i was little you know i think like a lot of undiagnosed aspies i'd hear a lot of oh that's just noah you know no one knows why noah would say things like your prom date hates you you probably shouldn't go to the prom with him Uh, And then people are upset, and I really had no idea why people minded, um, because that's just telling the truth. You know, I was always taught that was the right thing to do. Uh, And people would say, oh, that's just no, that's okay. Um, And then when I was 19, I read this really badly written article, and the first line said, uh, Asperger's is a form of autism for people with an average to above average IQ and I just felt like I'd been struck by lightning. It just changed everything. That one sentence I knew, oh my God, I'm autistic. I had no idea. This explains everything. I've been confused about why my mom and I haven't been getting along. And then I started researching it uh, and spent the rest of my life uh, being an expert in the field because that was that was the most important moment. But for the first 19 years, I had no clue what was happening.
1: Oh, so it took that long to, uh, to come to that realization. Well,
0: I'm old, so I was 12 when it was added to the DSM uh, 4. So it was, you know, 2002 when I read this. Oh, you know, oh, it's okay. just not something people heard of back then. But yeah. nowadays, everyone knows entirely because of us. Yeah, only- yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I found out it before, Noah, like chronologically, like I found out when I was 8, and I'm only 10. 10- so like a year before Noah found out, yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean it's really been a a huge spike very quickly in, in terms of how pe- how soon people found out in a post nine eleven world. Aspergers is the main thing people have learned. Very true, very true. So Thanks are you guys
1: always the- interested in comedy, or do you have other interests as well, or is the is the big focus comedy?
0: We also really like interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Making money. Uh, maintenance, selling (laughs) t-shirts. RV maintenance is a big thing us these days because we're currently in the RV where we live on tour, uh, is where that joke comes from. Each of us interested in, you know, my perseverations over the years have usually been music or like pro wrestling. Uh, I did read every Wikipedia article on pro wrestlers ever in about 2006. It took many days and became very tedious, but after I got through about 80% of them, I said, I want to finish. So I learned a lot. Um, You know, autistic perseveration helps us be very knowledgeable about certain things in narrow fields. Ethan's interested in transportation. transportation. I want to do that professionally as a transportation planner, actually. Um, that's my big interest. Whoop, did I lose you? I'm really interested in computer programming. and. Uh, K- uh, I, I, say, I say Kate Bush and, and that kind of thing. Elton John. Yeah. Kate Bush, computer programming basically the same thing. <laughs> Jack's joking, of course.
1: That's, uh, that's, uh, a, that's an obscure poll,
0: the Kate thing. Bush. The, the Beatles and... All four members, solo careers. Except for John Lennon. <laughs> now, um, yeah.
1: is it a challenge to traveling the country? Because you said there's, there's certain things that come along with Asperger's that might make that more of a challenge than, than typical folks. might. I mean, even for typical folks, it's stressful going across the country and doing a tour and going to these different gigs. Uh, has yeah. it been particularly challenging for you guys, or have you kind of gotten used to it now? This is kind of part of the routine.
0: Well, both. You know, every day is a challenge, but every day you expect a challenge. You know, if someone's like, "Hey, I, I'm going to accidentally bump into someone else's thing," you know, that requires a lot more mental effort to take care of than it would for a typical person. Be on an accident, if someone says, "Hey, I'm going to accidentally bump into this thing," <laughs> <laughs> they don't say it, but they're thinking it, and they realize, "Oh, this is about to happen." I mean, also, not every day is a challenge. Like, I had a day this spring that, like, literally, I had no challenges. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the the tough thing about it, I think, is something that's attenuated by us getting to know each other better and realizing stuff like you have to wake Jack up an hour before everyone else has to wake up so he can be ready, or like you have to make sure that you don't take what Noah says too personally, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, when you get to know each other, then it's easier. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um sell your organs right around chicago you know you <laughs> gotta take that with a grain of salt i like my organs with a grain of salt you know that's how haggis is prepared i was gonna say i, was gonna say, I like my organs encased in a uh, sheep stomach and made into a savory pudding <laughs> don't we all <laughs> so has,
1: has there been anything because you know this sounds like you know a, a lot of other artists i interview particularly bands uh, i remember one band told me it was uh Two brothers, uh, and then a couple of their friends, and they were, and uh, yeah, they traveled a lot uh, back in the '80s. And they said, you know, you just learn not not when to mess with certain people, and when you know certain people have certain okay. habits. And so, uh, sure. that, sounds, that sounds pretty I typical,
0: actually. I one the one difference between the typical experience and ours is just understanding that, like, okay, it really irritates me when no- noises happen. I bet everyone else understands that too. And normally, if I were surrounded by neurotypicals, they would say that's an unreasonable request for you to ask me to turn my phone off all the time when it's around you. Uh. Whereas he understands, like, actually, we get that. And I'm right there with you. And that, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like that bothers you a lot. And I understand what that's like. You know, for example, like, we're not allowed to bring soup on this tour because it irritates somebody just uh, as a thing, like, sensorily, and that's mm-hmm. something we can accept, whereas a lot of neurotypicals would say, you know, I'm I'm not going to let you decrease my uh, food options on tour, but we understand, okay, that's a necessary compromise because of our sensory hypersensitivities. Yeah. And so, also, the time, the amount of time it takes us to go anywhere is about, you know, three or four times longer just because of the amount of things that people forget as they're trying to leave and how distracted people get when they're doing something trying to leave and that they can't multitask, you know, that takes forever. So, we just have to know, okay, advance warning for change as much as possible. And so, those are things that are different, I think, than the typical person, but it's true, each of us has our own idiosyncrasies that we get to know, too.
1: Did it take uh, time to get used to being on stage? or Because, because again, that seems like a, a very typical thing. I do open mic comedy sometimes. I'm still not used to it. I can do a trivia show, not nervous at all. Uh, I've been doing open mic periodically for 10 years, and I still get really nervous before I go up, which is uh, you know, yeah. it, it's terrifying. If
0: you want to get, get the audience to react in a way uh, that's natural and not forced, it's it's really difficult and really uh can I mean, be really nerve-wracking you know for for trivia you know you're not really trying to you know get them to cry or laugh or anything that's but,
1: true
0: yeah, yeah.
1: you have you haven't heard my trivia
0: <laughs> but we we don't feel stage fright anymore you know we used to when we were young but we got over it pretty quick i think cuz we were all trained in improv the camp where we where i worked and where they went was uh just acting and you know i taught it like a comedy camp so i think that's one reason we got to be comedians later uh but yeah we don't we don't find uh performing very scary uh we find interacting with an individual who's mildly irritated much scarier yeah. right which is why i actually only get nervous for uh, our hometown shows where i have a bunch of friends in the audience
1: uh that, yeah that makes sense that's yeah that's uh not uncommon um so being on the road has, uh, have, has it generated any new material? Seeing all these different places and going to all these different towns that are they're that far away from Boston.
0: Well, we 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 love doing our sketch where we uh, we use the bathroom in the RV park and say, "Boy, I wish I knew what the city looked like," because uh-huh. uh, <laughs> we've had almost no time to go anywhere and see uh-huh. the actual towns themselves. But uh, you know, we should do some sketches about living in an RV, right? I was you know, that's stuff that everyone can identify with. <laughs> we could do like a, like a thing about the RV manual and how, how uh, you know, don't you guys hate it when the generator isn't working? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of RV-specific humor coming from Asperger's. <laughs> us. Uh, so I may not want to cause a fissure in the group here, but is there any notion of anybody like wanting to try something like stand-up or are you just more comfortable kind of working together as a unit doing what you're doing now?
0: Well, I've been playing music for 15 years, so that's something that even predates the troupe. I just did a show at 930 Club on Saturday with Amanda Palmer that was really fun. Oh, neat. Uh, and she covered me on her new record, actually, that just came out on Friday. Uh, so that's oh, wow. something I do a lot with my spare time or my, my non-comedy time. Yeah. Uh, me, me and the artist helped design my merch. i going to do a bunch of uh Videos and solo stuff. The tour is over. That's our plan. But yeah, for now we're definitely feeling like the four of us want to stay together and yeah. keep working together and having as much fun as we can until we hate each other.
1: <laughs> so this I'm pretty, even. This
0: easier. is yeah, each other, but uh, we haven't you know we haven't talked about it publicly because we're afraid it'll ruin our vacations. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say if we stopped and we hated each other, we would have stopped like six years ago. <laughs> Every day we hate each other. Well, and every day we love each other.
1: Well, this is a very like, expansive tour. How how many cities are you guys going to?
0: I guess we have about eighteen shows, something like that. They're not all booked yet, but yeah, it's, it's from Boston to LA. So, and then multiple places in between. Cool. Uh, so yeah, it's been. I guess we're maybe a third done, and uh, we had five out of like maybe yeah. twenty shows closer 20, maybe so anyway it's it's been it's been a it seems like it's been weeks but it's only been eight days which is crazy uh, tour is great we recommend it for anybody <laughs> also I want a special shout out to any aspies out there who are listening and thinking like wow these guys are cool they can do it like you can absolutely do anything you want just uh you know learn how to do it listen don't assume that your way is gonna work but you can do it yeah, but as we said, as we're quoted as saying in the New York Times, you just can't do comedy because that's our thing. Right, we have a monopoly on comedy, so you guys do anything else. We have something the else.
1: Well, terrific. Well, if you guys are as funny as you are in the interview as you are on stage, then everyone's in for a real treat with your uh, upcoming shows, and we'll be, of course, promoting the one in Cincinnati as well as the upcoming ones uh, via the podcast, and uh, and we'll send folks to your Facebook page and whatnot. And I appreciate you fellas taking the time there. This was hilarious, and I learned a lot, too.
0: Thanks so much. Get in touch if you have any questions. We'll we, really, we look forward to seeing you at the show. Okay. Uh, all right.
1: Thanks a lot, guys.
0: Thanks. Bye. Bye. bye.
1: Thanks again, Asperger's R Us for being on the show. You can catch the fellas on tour here. They're wrapping up uh, with the last couple of dates, I believe. Uh, they may extend the tour, I'm not sure. But uh, August 3rd at the Second City in Chicago. August 5th at Lawrence Art Center in Lawrence, Kansas. And August 8th at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City. And if you want more information on the fellas, just go to Asperger's R Us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and put that in the search bar, and you should have no problem finding it. And it's uh, Asperger's R Us, A-R-E, not just the R like like the toy store that they're uh, doing a little play of words on. Um, But yeah, do check them out. Very funny. And let me see, uh, where are we up to? I guess the Song of the Week now. So Song of the Week uh, is from ABC. And uh, ABC just released a a sequel to their uh, stellar 1980 album, uh, The Lexicon of Love. Did it come out in 81? I think it came out in 81. Anyway, uh, not a big album, guys, you know, but I love that album. Probably my second favorite album after Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. And uh, they... A lot of people felt that Alphabet City, that came out in 1987, which featured the hit uh, When Smokey Sings, was more the sequel to Lexicon of Love, uh, as opposed to Beauty Stab, which came right after Lexicon, or How to Be a Zillionaire, which had a couple of hits uh, in North America, Be Near Me and um, How to Be a Millionaire. Uh, People felt Alphabet City was really the true sequel to Lexicon, but... Um they've now released Lexicon 2. And of all people, Pat Francis over at Rock Solid, who not a not a big fan of eighties New Wave music, although he likes a lot more than he thinks he does. He's a big fan of Berlin, who are very new wave. Terry Nunn was on his show. Go back and look that up. And uh he, he does have a more of an ear for New Wave, I would say, than I have for his seventies uh, rock nonsense. <laughs> well, apart from Cheap Trick, I do like Cheap Trick, and I like some of uh, some of his old classic rock nonsense, but um anyway. He really got into... um, April Richardson, one of his co-hosts, big ABC fan. She loves Lexicon. Uh, They talked about me liking Lexicon. And uh, so he went out and finally broke down and got Lexicon and Lexicon 2. And he messaged me on Facebook and said, I love these both. So I finally broke down and got it. I don't think uh, it's as good as Lexicon 1 overall, but maybe it needs to sink in a little bit more. It is growing on me rapidly. And uh, I, I do think it... Now that I'm listening to it a little more closely, I think it is probably more of a sequel to Lexicon than Alphabet City was, and I think the songs are a little stronger overall. Although the peaks might be a little higher in Alphabet City, but anyway, uh, the point being, you probably can't go wrong. It's you know ten bucks in iTunes. Uh, the single from it is a song called "Viva Love," and if you listen closely, it um, it does resonate with Lexicon of Lexicon of Love one. Uh, ideas, I guess, but it still sounds pretty contemporary, but still sounds like it still fits in with that, you know, the original ABC sound, not the rockier one they went after on um, on Beauty Stab, or the funkier one they went after on Zillionaire. So anyway, long story short, Viva Love is the song of the week on Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. So, there's a certain spring in your stride You face the future like a heat-seeking sun. you got yourself a smile a mile wide